Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by not Pete Donaldson, he's away. It's another one of those weeks, guys, where I've given Pete the week off, he's off building a snowman or drinking some tea or playing with a samurai sword. I've got another guest lined up for you. We've had Joey, we've had uh, Charlotte, we've had Norm, and now we've got the one and only Connor Dog VA. Connor, how you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. It's finally good to be where I belong on the Abroad in Japan <laughs> podcast. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not laughing at you. How dare you? It's uh, an honour. It's an honour. Um, for those of you who don't know Connor, he is one third of the Trash Takes podcast. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm known for. That's all he does. Uh, he does have his own channel, Sea Dog VA. What does it stand for? Sea Dog voice actor, reluctantly. Voice actor. He's got a very deep, very nice voice. Yeah. He's like a Welsh Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. And uh, he's a right lad. He's a right lad. We've known each other. How long we know each other? Eight months. Have Eight we months really now. God, too long. It's too long. But uh, Connor's come up to celebrate me hitting two million subscribers. Mm-hmm. He's not got much yeah. to do, I think, this week. So he's come up here to Sendai and I've been showing around. And uh, what have we done, Connor? Have we done anything good? <laughs> Define good, Chris. I, uh, <laughs> we had a nice McDonald's meal together. That was really nice. I thought. Uh, yes, I never. I didn't know what getting 2 million subscribers would be like and uh, the way I celebrated it was having McDonald's with Connor it was all rather all rather depressing they gave us a muck smile so I thought I thought it was pretty you know pretty <laughs> a pretty good time <laughs> they gave us muck smile yeah they, they told me when I got the Big Mac they were like you should peel that there's a muck smile underneath there and what, I, what is a muck smile it was like a discount it was like 50 yen off a burger oh, I wow. thought I thought, wow, I need that. <laughs> I need it. it made the Sendai trip worthwhile. I came all this way just for that 50 yen off my <laughs> Big Mac Muck smile. <laughs> but uh, it's rather weird this week, folks. Uh, usually, if I have a friend come up, we do record in my apartment, mm. uh, in my wardrobe. And uh, this week, because there's some sort of construction outside my apartment, we had a bit of trouble uh, recording. So we had to uh, get a bit desperate. So we're currently recording... <laughs> And this isn't. This is. This is true. We're sitting in a karaoke booth uh, in the middle of Sendai. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. It's yeah. quite busy for a Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, there's someone right outside, absolutely butchering songs. It's, they stay up <laughs> awful at it. And then uh, I hope you guys don't get to hear that today. And there's a very, really loud fan, which I'm sure Chris will try and remove. 
<laughs> Needless to say, this isn't the five-star experience I was hoping for, Chris. Yes, it's not quite Trash Taste Podcast. Uh, <laughs> Connor's Weekly Podcast with Joey the Anime Man uh, and Gant. Uh, together, they have quite a nice setup. They're actually in a nice room. Three, yeah. three microphones. I've only got the one, so it's just you and I... I, know, I, I can't believe I don't have my own microphone for this podcast. You know? I think there's a nice authenticity to the, to the Abroad in Japan podcast that yeah. uh, you just don't get on Trash Taste. You would, <laughs> I don't see Trash Taste recording in a karaoke room at 3pm on a Saturday. I'd rather die than film my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but it adds character, Chris. I, I, like, I like your style. It's any, anywhere it goes, as long as it sounds good. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's the, the ethos that drives the Abroad in Japan <laughs> podcast. But uh, we're going to be interviewing Connor. Connor, you've oh, wow. lived here for what over a year now yeah just over a year and you've come all the way from Wales Wales yeah London Wales London and you know Wales. London Wales <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> and uh, it's, it's interesting I don't meet that many fellow Brits in Japan so it's kind yeah. of cool having you and Gant over here as well yeah. um, the, the game has changed there's many British folks now too many Brits too yeah. many Brits spoil the broth in Japan but no it's cool <laughs> it's, it's exciting to, uh, to have a sort of shared experience um we've not had in a long time here so uh, yeah we're going to talk to Connor about his experiences yeah, yeah. not only living in Japan but being a YouTuber as well mm. uh, before that though we've got story of the week and oh this God. week it's from Alexander Storm okay I haven't watched your podcast before sorry I to, to, sorry to admit that sorry I, I don't listen to your podcast so I'm, I'm unfamiliar with this so I'm hoping they, they blow me away with this first time story I'm hearing it's going to be amazing um, alright okay in, take it away in recent podcast stories we've had uh, I think my favourite story of the last three months was a British guy he just came to Kyoto got really drunk and was just sick all over a train and everyone on the train and that is it's the kind of quality oh stories what we have on the podcast <laughs> um, Alexander Storm great name by the way Alexander he says hi Chris and Pete always enjoy the podcast it's great for me to experience life in Japan without being in Japan um, uh, because of the coronavirus these days for around three years ago uh, around three years ago I went to Sapporo to visit my girlfriend she's Japanese and one night she was working late so I went to a restaurant called Chow Chow Gyoza ever heard of it the Gyoza are amazing I have not heard of Chow Chow oh that sounds like a fake place I'm definitely going on my next trip to Sapporo though Alexander um, I was sitting there as the only foreigner guy in the restaurant and rubbing my shoulders with a gentleman next to me who was wearing a suit I'm a big guy so I wanted to apologise my Japanese language skills aren't that good but I knew the word sumasen uh, so that was fine uh, when I got my food I started to eat of course and suddenly the man in the suit next to me started talking to me with his very poor English now I was very shy and nervous but I learned if you drink a little bit of alcohol and then you suddenly have some confidence to speak another language so I did true, that true true it's tried and tested uh, and maybe I spoke a bit more than recommended anyway we had a lot of fun suddenly they both asked me if I wanted to go to a karaoke bar uh, they were both in their 50s and I was 21 years old at the time I was very unsure but I felt they seemed nice and kind and I could always run away if something bad happened uh, I didn't let my guard down and I agreed to join them they were very happy very uh, I grabbed my jacket and when I was going to pay they said no no we pay Japanese culture uh, <laughs> it's a shame Natsuki doesn't adopt that Japanese yeah, culture I and I get drink with him um, I was shocked I told them they didn't have to uh, but they did pay and it was great. Uh, we walked outside and they started to talk with each other in Japanese, lost in translation. I didn't know what was going on. They tried to look for a taxi because they knew a very good karaoke bar. I tried to ask them, why not the karaoke bar around the corner? No, no, no. Let's go to our place, they said. 
So I followed them and I was very sceptical. I kept my guard up uh, and they finally found a taxi and I went into it. I insisted that I wanted to pay for the taxi this time as a thank you for them paying for my dinner. But they said, no, 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 we pay. Japanese culture. <laughs> uh, so, so they ended up paying for the taxi as well. We arrived at Suskino, uh, a very shady district in Sapporo. Uh, we went to this very tall building up to floor number seven. There's a bar called Smile. I thought, oh, oh God, no. Oh, no. what's going to happen now? A strip bar or something? I was kind of scared, but everyone I saw there looked pretty normal. So I thought, okay, let's let's give it a chance. From the elevator, uh, we went left, then right, and right again. And there it was, Bar Smile. I walked in first. Just before I walked in, I prayed to God. I was so nervous, and I thought, what the hell I got myself into? I took a deep breath, and I stepped in. And right in front of me, there was a little old lady uh, in her 40s. And she said, eh. She was very surprised, but also very excited to see a foreigner in her bar she gave me a beer and a microphone right away and I got singing I felt very relieved and everyone was so kind in there we had a lot of fun it was a great experience just before we left the bar I wanted to pay for the drinks the men in the suits had paid for everything dinner the taxi now it was my turn to pay and they looked at each other and started to talk in Japanese again I thought oh god here it comes I'll have to pay for everything Uh, and I worried and I started to sweat they looked at me and said no no we pay (laughs) Japanese culture and that is the story of Alexander Storm. So you had a good night out. It's a good night out. It, it yeah, felt it like a very anticlimactic story, but I think that's good because a lot of our listeners are always like solo travellers or people coming yeah, to Japan yeah. and they're a little bit wary Yeah, uh, things I, going wrong. I've, I've gone out alone in uh, Tokyo. It's, it's pretty nice, fun. isn't it? It's nice. Yeah, and like, you know, you're a golden guy alone. You know, golden you, guy alone. You, you do feel like sometimes you might lose an organ by the end of the night <laughs> so it's, it's nice to hear everyone just paid for everything and, and took me around that's great I think I think it's a good story just because I think it encapsulates that anxiety that voice in our heads that's like telling us not to do something yeah uh, but like again there you go Alexander had a great time and I, I think you know for Jones. the most part in Japan things aren't going to go horribly wrong no so I, I mean it's faith. a safe country right at the end of the day it is safe, you, you feel yeah. really safe so there you go. For those of you that are often worried, travelling around Japan so late, fear not. Heed Alex's words. But now, we turn our attention to Connor. Hi, finally. It's fine. about me. It's fine. All, it's all about <laughs> the next half an hour, it's oh, all about God. you. Um, all right. So tell us a bit about yourself, Connor, and your channel as well, for the folks that uh, they have never seen Sea Dog oh, VA. Uh, I don't really know how to describe my channel, as it's a bit of a mess, but <laughs> it's normally me doing something stupid. Um, and me being a bit of a clown. So if you enjoy, you know, British humour and cringe humour, you might enjoy me. Um, give us, well, give us a taste of some of the videos you've made in the last kind of two to three months. I, I did a video where I went to a pole dancing bar and learned how to pole dance terribly. Oh, dear. Chris loved that one. <laughs> Chris was texting me. He's like, hope me up, Connor. Take me there. Uh, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Uh, what else have I done? I, I joined a visual K band for a day in Japan. That was just very painful what is Visual K for oh. folks that don't know Visual K is an old type of it's not really that popular anymore but it was a style of genre of music where they would dress up mm. like goth mm. and they would do any kind of music and scream loudly yeah like uh, in the 90s in particular Japanese really artists big, yeah, would like, yeah. have these really cool kind and of fashion in the 2000s things. too it was taken off mm, mm. kind of died recently especially in the west and what else have I done uh buying terrible anime merch and reviewing it did that recently as well so you're, would you consider yourself to be otaku like Germany yeah de- and, definitely and like yeah I wouldn't say I'm anime but I'm more Japanese culture slash otaku kind of content really mm. yeah when we I mean so you're from North Wales I am indeed not much Japanese uh, culture going on there <laughs> no. how did you get first get into sort of anime and uh, a manga up there I didn't get into 
anime until I was like 15, 16. But oh, I, wow. I always loved anything Japanese when I saw it on TV. I loved like samurai. I thought they were really cool. That's so generic, isn't it? I like samurai. I, I thought love, they were cool. I love what is it? Tom, Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. <laughs> love it. Love it. I mean, too fat. It's a good movie. <laughs> it's but, not bad. But I, I don't know. Anything that ever came on about Japan was always so fascinating. And of course, you know, who can forget mm. Takeshi's Castle on, on Challenge? <laughs> That was always my highlight of my, you know, before I went to school, I'd watch it. So I think I always just loved Japan. And then obviously when I found anime, it felt like a very natural, mm-hmm. natural journey. And then somehow ended up here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a difficult thing for a lot of British folks coming to Japan. I feel like compared to North America uh, and even Australia, they have much closer connections to Japan. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more cross-cultural stuff going on in Australia. That's true. North That's America, true. though it's, I think, the same sort of distance to Japan as the UK. Yeah. They feel closer because it's like a gap across the map across the sea yeah, true, whereas true. we've got half the world there but I feel like as a British person it's hard to explain why you're interested in Japan sometimes I've had that problem I do get people who are like why would you care about us right because I think to some Japanese people they think their culture isn't that impressive mm. it's really odd whereas like everyone else in the world thinks that Japanese culture is like one of the most interesting and coolest right yeah and I mean sometimes in the UK you get people who are like why are you interested in Japan yeah. you know they think all of Asia is just this giant continent on the map that is all the same it just I think to a lot of people it just seems so far away and, I mean, uh, it is yeah, the yeah, other yeah. side of the world why would we have an interest in it um, well, I, I'm worried about the geographical knowledge of people in the UK like I was in a taxi <laughs> when I was like, going from like, Heathrow good. yeah I was in a taxi in London last time I was back and the riots were going on in Hong Kong and he said like where do you, where do you live there mate and I was like ah oh, like uh, North Japan he's like oh yeah they know how to write don't they I was like oh you've got you've got the wrong country I let it go I was like yeah they do yeah. even though Japan has like never seen a riot in the last 60 years I don't even think they're capable of it like, <laughs> I mean yeah it's fine my parents are like that as well they used to be they've gotten a lot better now obviously since I've moved mm-hmm. here but I remember they were they did think that they couldn't really know the difference between China and Japan and all you know they're all, it's all one country mm. in their mind it's rather it's worrying. really odd really odd and yeah quite worrying very worrying indeed it's like oh no oh no <laughs> but uh, so what led you to actually move to Japan though to make that leap and was it quite a nervous we quite a nerve wracking sort of move to do that um that's a good question so you went you went you started off in Wales you moved to London for a bit and then yeah. you came to Japan yeah so I got a lot of flack for saying this but I, I was basically I was, I was bored of London I was kind of thought that mm. London was a bit I feel like after a, you you know if you'll love London within a year mm. and I just I know I didn't want to stay there but I didn't know where to go next I didn't want to go back to Wales and then the opportunity arose where you know I got the chance to go and move here and everything would be taken care of right and I thought well I'm bored um, let's, let's do it well I guess we should start back at your career as a YouTuber then yeah that, true that, true true it doesn't, doesn't really work without knowing your YouTube <laughs> career I guess um, so how long have you been doing YouTube Oh, since 2015, so nearly six years now, so, mid-2015. Mid, mid and what kind of videos did you start out making, and how did oh, you get into oh it? Oh, God, oh, God. Oh, no, it's terrible. So I used to do anime impressions. Oh, good God. I would impersonate anime characters and do prank calls. And I'm, it not, was... I'm not going to judge you. But no, 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 I, I expect you to, ju- yeah, I expect you to judge thoroughly you. judge me. Um, You've been judged. Got, got a lot of flack for that in university when I was doing it. But you were um, just a kid, right? <laughs> How old were you? 19, I guess. Get out. Get out of the karaoke. No, no, not even 19. Oh, God, I don't know. Too too old, too young, too young. Um, Yeah, and I started doing that, and it started kind of taking off. 
And I started really enjoying it, but, you know, you had this pesky little thing called university standing in the way that kind of took up most of your day. <laughs> and what was your degree? Mechanical engineering. Bloody hell. <laughs> Such a leap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I'd never done... I was never even remotely in the, you know, the artsy or the dramatic, you know, any any of the theatre, like, get, like, clicks, right? Never did any of that. And then suddenly got into YouTube and performing and voice acting. Yeah, no idea how. But how did you end up doing voice acting? I really lo- I think okay so I watched anime mm-hmm. and I really thought wow I really want to be the people playing these characters for some reason I have no mm-hmm. idea why and so I thought you know what I'm going to do I'm going to get the headset that I have for Xbox where I chat shit to kids I'll plug that into my PC and I'll go on these websites where you can audition for like you know Minecraft or mm-hmm. Halo you remember when they used to make videos with Halo I do yeah you used to try and audition for those and I wouldn't get any of the parts because I was just I was god awful but I really, really enjoyed it. So I was doing that for about a year and a half until I finally upgraded my microphone. And I started doing impressions of anime characters. And then I thought, oh, I reckon I could, <laughs> reckon I could prank call McDonald's and film that. I look back now, I feel so bad. I, I must have been such a fucking nuisance calling think, up these places. Quite a lot of YouTubers have a, a pretty crappy start like that. Yeah, I think you see some channels who absolutely kill it with their first video. And I just think, how on earth did, you, did all of these pieces line up? Because for the first, I'd say, year and a half, I was making, you know, pretty god-awful videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I managed to kind of get away from that. But So I was doing that for a while, and then I moved to London, and I wasn't making much money, but I thought, fuck it, I'll try and survive off this YouTube thing. Even, mm. though, even though the rent is nearly all of my YouTube oh, god. earnings. <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, it worked out, it started doing well, and then a, an agency reached out mm. and was like, you fancy coming to Japan? And I was like, oh, go on then. Go on, I'll give it a go shot. On, man. Go on then, I'll, I'll try it out. Didn't know any Japanese. Uh, moved here. Started uh, learning Japanese on the plane over here. <laughs> of course he did. Using Duolingo. Duolingo. Know. Suki Ramen Des, you know, all the classics. We, um, we, if we, it's awful. Duolingo is awful. Just two weeks ago, we brought up Duolingo because a lot of our listeners use it and a lot of you guys message us about it. And it's fun. Like I sort of said, Duolingo is more like a game than an actual 100% tech. agree. Yeah. Like somebody, uh, one of our listeners sent in a, uh, a photo where they were learning Japanese that said something like, Sumasen Ningo Des. Like, excuse me, I'm an apple. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like one of the least use, my least most least useful sentences you could possibly use yeah. in Japan I started getting really frustrated when Duolingo was teaching me kanji before I even learned all of hiragana mm, right it was like trying to teach me the kanji for chair before I knew <laughs> what the kanji for like he was and I was like right. what? not kanji uh, the hiragana sure, it, was just, sure. it was just really frustrating and I, I, felt, I got really just burnt out with it because I just felt like I'm not learning anything I'm learning how to say very specific phrases so there you were sitting on a British Airways flight Duolingo in hands <laughs> Bashing away through what the have camera. I got myself into <laughs> were you nervous to move to Japan yeah I, um, I, I think it was a kind of mixture of excitement and nervousness I knew that you know I was fortunate that when I moved here that I had an agency that mm. you know seemed to be de- you know t- taking good care of me at that point now they're fantastic but at the time I didn't really know how good they'd be because you don't know do you? When, you when you moved here how big was your channel in terms of subscribers and how many videos had you made Oh my gosh! Um, it must have been around seven hundred, eight hundred thousand. Right. Must have made about two hundred odd videos, two hundred and fifty maybe. And what's your channel at now? In terms of subscribers, one point eight something. One point eight. It's no but, two million though, Chris. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you. Not, it's not that. It all changes after that. But yeah. what's interesting, speaking to folks like yourself, Joey, Charlotte, uh, Norm, mm. all YouTubers by, by all accounts, all of them started 
and there wasn't much of an expectation that they would succeed right it was very much no, I enjoy yeah. doing this and yeah. you enjoy doing voice acting and you enjoy performing right in front of an yeah. audience yeah I was always my first video I did distinctively remember mm. that I just wanted to see if I could make this thing that I would find funny right and I thought that if I could make something that if I'd gone through all the process of making it that at the end of it I could still be like this is funny mm, mm. then maybe I had you know maybe I, I could prove that I had a bit of a knack for this but that was purely for myself and my friends really mm. um, wanted to show off a little bit to my mates but right. turned out that it got out of hand very quick turned out that you know it was I, I was really fortunate that the first video I uploaded started getting traction right away right um, people started mistaking me for the actor and I just kind of never corrected them for a while because I thought oh, I should let the dream cheeky devil so I'm sure the actor wasn't very happy about it. Okay. I, I did meet him in the end. He was really, he was actually really jokey about it. He's really good. Um, but yeah, it was really, really bizarre because I, I didn't expect anything of it. And then you just keep making a video and you make another video, mm. make another video. And it becomes and like, addictive, oh. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is really. And then you, well, when you get in the habit of, oh, I have to upload every X, X amount of days, mm. you sh- it does start to become like a part of your life, whether you, you know, get any value out of it or not. So what would you say to our listeners that are, so you know, I'm sure there are listeners, you guys out there that are considering doing YouTube. What would you say to folks looking to get into it? Any advice, especially on finding motivation? Mm. And I think a lot of people come, come to you saying they want to be YouTubers, but they don't really have an idea. Mm. And in my mind, it's, you know, half the point of being, wanting to be a YouTuber is having a, a, an entertainment or something you want to get across, right? Either... You know, maybe you're an expert in your field and you want to talk about it, or right, you know, maybe yeah. you want to explain something. Maybe you're just passionate about, you know, being a clown like me. <laughs> I feel like everyone I've met who's been a successful YouTuber has had an idea right away that they've really believed in. Mm. And sometimes people come to you and just say, "Oh, I just want to be a YouTuber," and I feel like that's not mm. normally the right mindset. It's how hard. It's how hard. do you feel about the word influencer? It's a dirty word, isn't it's it? A dirty it's word. Dirty. Yeah. It's it's. Oh God! I don't know. It's it's like a bad fart when you hear it. It's like oh God, really? Oh, really? it's my least favorite word. It's not a nice word at all. I, for some reason, it makes you sound evil. A corporation influences people. It's very cynical, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very doomsday. So, what have been some of the highs and lows you've had uh, living in Japan so far after what about fourteen months, fifteen months now? Yeah, something like that. God, I mean highs. It's the food, isn't it? I mean, food. Oh my God! Yeah, I thought I was going to lose weight coming here. That was a lie. Uh, everything is delicious and I want to when you eat a diet con- consisting mainly of smile, McSmile burgers <laughs> they, those workers work very hard for those fantastic meals you know when you discover Matsuya or you know Yoshinoya and then you realise oh I could eat this every day and then you proceed <laughs> to do it and then, how many times do you eat out a week god I don't that's, that's embarrassing <laughs> now god it's at least unfortunately it's like five <laughs> and of course in Tokyo you've got Uber Eats haven't you Uber Eats you dangerous know, stuff you know, maybe you come back from the station, you're like, oh, fuck it, I'll go and have a Kokoichi. Because <laughs> it's like, I, I, I love that it's painless here. It's like two mm, minutes, you, you mm. get the food, you, you eat it, you're gone. Especially when, you know, you might be on a strict schedule. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, time's of the essence. So it's just Matsuya get in and out. But I, I can't go to my local Matsuya anymore. Unfortunately, I was eating there one time, you know, as I do every week. And as I, was, as I finished my fantastic meal, of course, the double size, you know, you have to get the giant portion. <laughs> a cockroach runs over my oh, foot. Oh, no. And then I was like, that's it. Friendship, I've, I've friendship ended. I've had that in a restaurant in Sendai, and yeah. uh, unfortunately... You can't go there again? It, no. 
the only time I made an exception was this really f- amazing Indian restaurant and I was like the food's so good that honestly I- I'll do it I'll- I'm willing to risk it it's quite common in restaurants in basements like a lot of um, restaurants yeah. in Japan the twice, the two times I've had cockroaches in restaurants in Japan they've been like dive bar scenario restaurants they're like down little it's uh, so small so it feels inevitable sometimes yeah because I've seen more cockroaches in Japanese restaurants than I ha- ever did in the UK but I guess because it's the kitchen is really close to where you eat in, in right. Japan but I would still trust the food more here. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. This week at Sukarnov. On Wrestle Me This Week, we talked about the worst way to accept a Hall of Fame award. They were just trying to, you suck it. You suck, and then he pours milk over himself. <laughs> pouring milk over what his head. This? Pouring milk over yourself is absolutely something that, if you did it once in any scenario, people would never forget it. <laughs> we were just having Christmas dinner, and, and like, you know, he just poured <laughs> two litres of milk over himself. Or if you're more in the mood for some awkward anecdotes, Alex shared his experience with the cast of a Event Horizon on this week's Clash of the Titles. We meet Smitty, played by Sean Pertwee, a man who I bumped 
bumped into in a bar having never interviewed and literally chewed his ear off, trapped him in a corner of a booth where he couldn't actually stand up and get away from me and talk to him incessantly about this film. Later on in the night, his wife said to me, Sean's outside if you want to carry on talking to him about Event Horizon. (laughs) (laughs) All that and more at Sukarnov. But any other highs of living in Japan? How has it been? How's your Japanese been going since those uh, the first days of Duolingo? Duolingo, sorry, on the on the British Airways flight. Yeah. And how far have you come since then? So, I learned hiragana and katakana in one day, and I thought, great, this, this Japanese thing will be easy. <laughs> and uh, how, where, how did you learn that in one day? Because a lot of our listeners uh, are always asking the best way to learn it. I got, I got. I got a lot of shit for this. I said there was a there's a website that you could memorize it. I couldn't remember the name of the website. <laughs> oh. There was a if you type in memorize katakana in one day, I think the website will come up, and it's basically what it will do is assign objects to the the signs. And right, and it'll look like an animal. Yeah, and it will. What it will do is it will like be a kind of reminder until you basically get really confident, and you won't. It'll just be like you 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 see it and you yeah. know what it is. And yeah, you do learn it in a day. I was able to go to McDonald's that day and order a, a cheeseburger, wow. although it took me about 10 seconds to read the thing. <laughs> but, you know, that was the way. And then, then I started getting... That was the way. That was the way. That was the way I did it. So just type in Memorize Katakana Hiragana. And I thought, I, thought, I thought, fantastic. I'm, I, this Japanese thing is going to be easy to get a hold of. Little did I know, I was in for <laughs> the biggest uphill battle of my life. Um, so yeah, about a year in, and I can very very roughly hold a very poor conversation which is more than I thought I'd ever be able to do because I'm terrible at languages even though I can speak two right um, but I do lessons twice a week and I do two hours a lesson so four hours a week of Japanese studying which okay. is pretty much nothing in terms of useful no, language exercise you know you're going to need to ramp that up a bit yeah but I when I first got in yeah. it was more like four hours a day See, that would fast-track me quite a lot, I think. Have you thought about like enrolling in like, a two-week intense language school? I thought about it, but then I thought, that's a lot of effort. <laughs> but you live it. It would be handy. That's true. That's true. That would help a lot. I think it's just really hard to pry me away from work for two weeks. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, two weeks away from making a video mm. or doing a live stream is quite a lot. And it sucks because... I guess on the job that I'm here for, it is mainly the job first, and my company does expect me to mm-hmm. be on top of it and, and you know do all that. And it is quite unfortunate because I would love to be able to just take a year off and just get really good at Japanese. But I am pretty happy with what I've done in a year. I, I, I yeah, more often than not can understand what's being said to me. Just really struggle to reply, <laughs> as you found out. Chris. Yes, it could be the hardest one, but. Uh, it's deeply rewarding, though, isn't it? When you can first have those simple, even simple it's like a conversations. Cheat code. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll ask somebody, like, how do I say this? And then you, they say it, and you use it within 10 seconds, and it works. And it feels like you've, just, you've cheated the system. It's like, this shouldn't work. I'm, I'm, I'm not from here. How does that's, this work? That's when Japanese is best, where you can learn something in a day and then go off and use it, right? In the yeah. Or something a, else. a lot of the time you can as well. Unfortunately, sometimes you get taught things, you're like, I'm never going to say I have seven kids. I mean, I, I, no, but, you know, that's, not, that's not useful to learn, I guess. Well, those are some of the highs of living in Japan. Yoshinoya. And I'm not sure what else the highs were. There's just too many to count. So many across. highs. What too about many. the lows? Some of the hardest things about living in Japan that you've had? This is going to take a, a, steer, a steep turn. I think Japan is very lonely. I will say this. And so you live in the Tokyo area, yeah, the Saitama area. I do. Right? Yeah. Got my YouTube mates next to me, Joey and Gone. Mm-hmm. I see them. Um, but, you know, I still think that 
it's you know healthy to have a good friend group and sometimes it can be awfully difficult to make friends in, in japan well I, I will i will say i don't speak the language so that's probably a big thing but even yeah, then but i mean it, it's more uncommon for strangers to kick off a conversation here that's true and if they do it often ends quite quickly unless you're alexander storm uh which case chatting up a, a storm with his ch- japanese mates chatting up a storm, <laughs> going around all the bars and karaoke yeah. places in in the uh, in hokkaido i mean I've, I've had plenty of conversations with you know japanese people if you go to bars you have a few drinks and but it, it can be hard to find those deep relationships that go beyond just like a of quick, course a quick fun chat you know it very often feels like when you do talk to someone here that it is very much ends of that conversation right yeah. And, and people aren't really looking for anything more than that most of the time here. Do you have many Japanese friends? Uh, yeah, I have a fair amount. I'm more than I thought I'd ever have mm. um, that I can somehow brokenly converse with. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're great mates. And then I'll take Joey along to meet them. And he'll be like, oh, hi, what's up? And like talk to them perfectly. And I'll be like, fuck, that took me four <laughs> months to get to there, Joey, what you just did in two minutes. How, um, did, you, how did you meet a lot of these Japanese friends? I have, a, I have a good mate that I play games with a lot. He's a... I don't even know how old he is. He's over 40 years old. He's from Hyogo. Oh, wow. And he, he loves playing Apex Legends with me. Right. He, has very, he watches all my live streams as well. He cannot understand a word of English, though. But he loves talking about Ochinchins and Oppai, though. Good God. So. <laughs> I won't translate those. Uh, Oppai, Pete Donaldson brings it up a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oppai just means He's right. large, large breasts. He's basically just Natsuki 2.0, but I've never met Natsuki him. Natsuki 2.0. Kind of, really. He's, an ap- he's, he's crazy. Have you thought about going to, uh, to Kobe, to Kyogo, to meet him? Meet him. him. I, ugh, God knows. I, one part, it's scary, isn't it's it? It's a documentary. Like, you go on a journey to Hyogo Prefecture. To meet this guy that I've only played games with. That could be really interesting. <laughs> to be fair, I do, I do practice a lot of my Japanese with him, and he just fucking laughs at me. But, <laughs> but I practice uh, a lot on, on live streams. I try to get better live. Because uh, sometimes if you're struggling, you can be like, guys, how do I say this? And of course, yeah. some fluent Japanese master will come out of the chat and be like, well... It depends on which way you want to say it, which with kanji and which annotation you want to say it with. And it's like, well, just tell me how to say it. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I've got a few. And I met a few at bars, met a few at some company events as well. It's pretty fun. It's, it's, it's fun, but difficult. Very like, surface I, level, though. I think I, I can say. count my good, close Japanese friends on like one hand. I don't think I could count any close Japanese friends. Really? Very, very you know, what's the, what's the word? I don't know, like a near, 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 near acquaintance level, really. Because mm. it's really hard. I feel like sometimes... I think, I, someone told me one time that they... For, sometimes Japanese people are a bit scared, or not scared, a bit... Mm, what's the word? Uneasy about making friends with foreigners because they know they'll just eventually leave at some point. Mm. And that, mm. that it's not really worth getting a really deep connection with them. I think it can be stressful as well, maybe. The whole language barrier. Yeah, I think so sometimes to if you're quite conf- uh, you know, you're confident, you're a bit extroverted, you know, the language barrier is like, ah, just a bit of a mm. bit of a roadblock. But to some Japanese I think sometimes it is really stressful not being able to communicate properly. And yeah. I think they get really they get really uh anxious about conversations more than mm. sometimes we do. Mm. But then again, I mean I'm I'm always clowning around and talking to new people constantly. So to me it's not really a big deal, but I can understand how they can be really stressful and anxious. Any other aspects of living in Japan that have led to low points? Outside of having a bit of difficulty making friends, so much paperwork for everything. Paperwork, oh god! And like, 
my visa gets renewed and no one tells me that I have to go to the bank and tell them that it got renewed because they locked my account and stuff like that. Oh, good God. Yes, yeah, so no, no. I would have gone to the bank about that. Yeah, well, because I found out that I just couldn't take money out and I thought, well, that's, oh, a, that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? I can't, <laughs> can't, pay, <laughs> can't pay for anything. So I had to go and get Joey, who's a Japanese friend, as you guys probably know, and ask him to come with me. And, and I feel bad, you know, because you've got to make mm. him sit there for half an hour. I remember that certainly in my earlier days living here, Awful. Having to get a friend, like a native Japanese friend. I hate friend it so from, much. It's losing independence is very stressful, isn't it? You know, that is really quite unpleasant. As somebody who likes to just do everything on my Absolutely. own. Absolutely. It's really sucks and feels a bit almost, feels like you're being like a child again, really, when you mm. couldn't do anything without your parent. It's kind of similar where you can't do anything without your Japanese mate. Absolutely. It's a bit, bit sad. And, you know, a lot of people always say like, well, what's your fault for moving to Japan not knowing the language? But in my mind, I wouldn't want to move here I, to, I think the best way to learn a language is to move here mm. and I wouldn't want to not live here and learn a language I feel like it takes so long well I remember I took very uh, simple Japanese classes at university mm. in between my studies and looking back at what I learned in those classes it just seems weird now like, like <laughs> for example you always learn the phrase like which you'll never ever say nobody says that like that literally translates regarding my name. Well, it's Chris. <laughs> like in English, like go, you're a samurai go, entering a bar. I'm Chris, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm Chris. I'm Connor. Yeah. Uh, you know, you say Chris this, Chris to Yeah. You know, so I feel like you do. You learn a lot of those simple phrases that just make you sound like a beginner. Yeah. Um, I've got, so I, it's nice to come here and actually learn the real deal and see what people actually say yeah. in real everyday Japanese. Because some of my foreigner friends that speak fluent Japanese said that you know when they were learning in uni for four years they, they did learn a fair amount but it got ep- exponentially fast-tracked when they moved right. here and actually you know nailed it all out and learned how everyone talks naturally mm-hmm. and you know when you leave a classroom you don't use it more often than not you'll mm-hmm. forget a good amount of it but if you leave the classroom 10 seconds later you want to buy a sandwich you've got to start using it <laughs> you're, you're going to remember that and the Japanese that I do know is the one that I end up using all the time yeah and when people ask me complicated questions, I'm like, uh, um, um, uh, watashi baka desu. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm joking. It's yeah. a taste of Connor's Japanese, <laughs> Japanese abilities. If there. you want to know, you can watch my live streams. You know, I, I often use it for comical effect. <laughs> I don't watch it. I, I'd love very to, embarrassing. I'd love to watch Chris Broad react to Connor speak broken Japanese. It's, I'm, let's never speak of reaction videos again. <laughs> um, but for a lot of our listeners who are planning to move to Japan one mm. day, especially when the plague is over, uh, what advice do you have for folks looking to move to Japan? Anything they can do in preparation? Any things they should expect? Any things? Oh, I think you can prepare as much as you want and you won't be ready when you get here, if I'm totally honest. Right, right. I think you just just say just fuck it and do it like I know a lot of people who are like oh yeah I'm planning to do this thing this thing and this thing eventually and I'm like no no just just do it just do it now yeah the sooner you get here the, and you know the more you, if you try it out you don't, you don't like it oh, great you know you go go home you have some great stories just just go I think there's whatever you think might be risky or whatever you think you know you're a bit unsure about or nervous just just do it find out is there anything you wish you'd have done before coming here in terms of preparation <laughs> learn how to order basic food in Japanese <laughs> it's it's a sad day when you go to a Starbucks and you're bricking it hoping that you can get a latte <laughs> you know what I mean it's, it is I think I I was a bit irresponsible with the the amount that I I should have learned at least something I, I just picture you like oh, that's right I'll learn on dueling you on the 12 hour flight that's the way I'll I am that's the way I am you know what Shocking. I mean <laughs> Shocking. I go to Starbucks and I'm like cafe latte and they're like what are you on about what, what was this man on about I'm like cafe latte and they're like oh cafe latte I'm like oh yeah yeah that thing that thing go on, as, I'll have that 
Has living in Japan changed the sort of videos you make on YouTube? Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's been interesting. Like uh, a lot of the videos you've been making the last year, you've been making these mini documentaries. Yeah, uh, yeah, which yeah. It's been really good. Like this, the pole dancing one was quite interesting. Yeah, it's not good. as seedy as it sounds, ladies and gentlemen. It is just. You should of, watch it. You should watch it. It's good fun. You should watch it. You feel uh, good about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare promote ill sleazy videos in my well, podcast. Let me just read out the URL right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the visual cave. Uh, yeah, video is interesting. Spending a day with a band, you know, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, most of the time, I don't actively seek this stuff out because I have no idea. What some of the What some of the videos you're most proud of making? I think my most proud one is the host club video, which I think a lot of people were just shocked that I managed to get a host club to agree to let me in. So a host club, for those of you who don't know, hostess yeah. bars, big business in Japan, right? You Very go big. to a bar, uh, you pay something between five thousand yen an hour uh, to yeah. sit. Something and like have that. girls chat with you and pour drinks and uh, uh, and force you into singing Basically karaoke. just flirt a bit, really. Flirt. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very popular. Host bars are the opposite of that in terms of they have guys, right, instead. And you were a host. Yeah, I was a host for an evening and it was very painful. What did you have to do? Well, I had to learn very quickly the etiquette of being a host, how to pour a drink, when to drink a drink, when to what to say to the woman. Basically, what they told me was just do not stop complimenting the woman and don't ask her about her job or her age or anything like that don't ask her any personal just keep telling her how beautiful she is and oh god you're amazing love oh, how yeah. did you feel doing that awfully did cringy did you feel very artificial and it is the fake. most opposite thing from the UK that I can imagine like that that mm. is the the furthest thing away from what is comfortable to a British person it's a it's a part of the culture that uh, I think most British folks don't know uh, and most western don't know, listeners don't know it's bizarre, yeah. it's incredibly bizarre and incredibly uncomfortable for me like I've gone to a lot of hostess bars over here because they're pretty popular in Tohoku there's yeah, not much very to do popular, so like in the popular. evening you'll especially go in the to, small towns yeah you'll go to like an izakai you'll have a bit of dinner then you'll go to a hostess uh, club and have someone speak to you it's just really awkward and artificial they compliment me for being like Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> they'll compliment me for liking fish and chips and the Beatles and it's just like oh wow big ego boost eh it's, it's not fun it, feel, I, it feels very fake and you'll have these repetitive conversations 100% you'll hear the same compliments about how nice your eyes are and your hair yeah, yeah, true. Because you got you got the gaijin hair, so they love it. They're like, "Oh, great, yeah, yeah, yeah." What kind of compliments did you have to pay though to the to the female clients? Just, just had to say that they were because you have to bear in mind, right? I'm I'm trying to hit on these women through a translator, which kind of kills all the oh, good god, any any remote, you know. You're telling me your Duolingo Japanese didn't I, set you up for the host desk host, I, host bar picture it right I would sit down at the bar opposite from uh, sit down at the table opposite from them crack open the, the drink pour it for us very elegantly sit down this, <laughs> and that was it that was all I could say because at the time you're this, pretty yeah I was like you're pretty and they'd be like oh really and then I would I'd be like help 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 I don't know what else to say yes <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes and then basically it was awkward fumbling for about 10 minutes and thank god most of it was cut because it was how much, horrifically how much would uh, one of these female customers pay to have a host serenade them well, for their drinks just for example one one drink was normally about 30-40 dollars Jesus fuck yeah, 30-40 dollars just for one drink good god and you know it was, it was, it's expected of you not to just buy a drink it's expected of you to buy sometimes you know the shots which are like 
10, 20, 20 quid each. And you have to buy them for the host as well, right? You have to buy them for the host and yourself. So it's often double that. God. And uh, I, so when I worked there, again, I have no idea why they let me film because, you know, it's obviously very sketchy. Mm. It's obviously not, not something you really want to show. Like, yeah, yeah a is- lot of these places are run by unsavory characters that's a very nice way of putting it Uh, you know I'm near all of them are I'd bet that you know I I, I would bet that none of them are run as good to god honest businesses you know what I mean Um, (laughs) and I think what happened was one of the hosts really wanted to promote his YouTube channel and he was the top host at the time so he was like nah guys he's with me Let, let all the cameras come in I have no idea why he let me do it but one of the women did buy me a $10,000 champagne bottle Good God, no. Yeah, yeah, and I had to down half of it. It was what? disgusting. <laughs> what is it with you? I, I, in a Trash Days podcast I did with Connor and Joey and Gum <laughs> two weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen, I gave Connor a really nice bottle of sake and he oh, hated it. Oh, it was dreadful. It was dreadful. It was a, the finest sucker from like Gumma Prefecture. It, it was tap water with ethanol you in it, as far me. as I'm concerned. And this woman spent $10,000 on some champagne. You're like, oh, God, it's awful. I, I, what I did was, is awful, that my, my, my cameraman took a picture of the bottle. Right. I went home that night. Guess how much this $10,000 of champagne, uh, $10,000 bottle of champagne costs in reality? So how much? It was like 20 quid. No, oh, really? It was like a 20 quid bottle, yeah. Why do they justify the massive... Li- that's not even... That's like an abnormal marker. Because... That's not normal. When you order the champagne bottle in the host club, all the hosts have to come round. So it's more like a... I think you're paying for the time, yeah. So every there'll be like twenty hosts in there, right? They'll all come around, start clapping that you've ordered the champagne bowl, and you have to down it. And they, you know, they put like a napkin to my mouth, so even if I started like choking on it and like spitting it out, they were like, "No, it doesn't matter. Keep keep drinking." It was awful. I got really drunk, and it's the only time ever for a video I've gotten actually quite drunk. And I I I just do the outro like slurring. Yeah, what's up, guys? Subscribe If, if you watch it for any reason. Let that be it, ladies and gentlemen. The yeah. the um, the woman in question who paid for this ten thousand dollar performance with champagne. What did she do? What was her career to actually be able to afford such luxury? It's quite sad. It's quite sad. Uh, it's normally it's normally other adult women workers. So people who work in the same kind of industries, like women. So other women from the hostess bars. Hostess bars, you know, maybe so-planned women. Um, Why would they go and spend their hard-earned money in a host bar? It's bizarre. It's counterintuitive. You'd think somebody who knows the industry, knows the fakeness of it, would then not seek out the same thing. But when I asked the same question, I was told that often these people are quite lonely with, with too much money. And they That's just, quite sad. Yeah, it is really sad because it's kind of like a cycle, really, where you know the people who do these kind of things then go and hire <laughs> other people who do similar things, and they're just trading the same money, and no one's really happy. It's, it's quite sad. Yeah, it's really awfully sad. It's really sad. Did you mention that in the video at all, or is that your, uh, well, it's, your hindsight <sighs> criticism? It's the- it's one of those things when you step away from it and you really think about it a bit. It's you're like, oh, I wish I said this in the video. Oh, I wish I included this. And yeah, I wish I did talk about that a bit more. Yes, you'd end. feel a bit harsh doing that, given they've given you permission to film inside. You can't then be like, that's rubbish. It's yeah, it's a disgrace. Well, it's a bit sad, really, because the main guy was, you know, I don't want to say he was he was mean because he let me in, but he would he would joke a little too much. He was a bit comfortable joking about me. Um, and the comments, even though I cut out a lot of that. Uh, the comments did still pick up on it a little bit and I felt bad because this guy obviously you know let me into his mm. host club you know mm. and then what what did he get in return a bunch of comments calling him a bit of a dick oh, no <laughs> I felt a bit bad but it was there was no way I could have cut it that would have made him look 
very kind. I'm not letting you film in my host bar. <laughs> um, what is the video call for our listeners that want to actually watch it? Uh, I joined a host club in Japan and failed, I think it's called. Fantastic. And when did it come out? About six months ago? Eight months ago? So, over a year ago now, actually. Wow, it's it one was... of your first videos when you got to Japan, wasn't it? When I moved to Japan, I said to my agency, I was like, I don't care what we film, I just want to film in a host club. <laughs> I have no idea why I was obsessed with you the idea. You didn't do the obligatory apartment tour that all vloggers in Japan have to do? No, I didn't, actually. You just cut straight to the chase. Did you do that? Of course I did. I did it like four oh, times. My God, you're a classic sellout, Chris. I'm a classic. You know? this, a is sellout. This, this is why I don't have two million subscribers yet, because I haven't done a house tour. You've got to do it. <laughs> it's the only thing that matters, Connor. People ask for it, but my house is really boring, so right. I don't understand what, what there is to tour. I wouldn't know, mate. I haven't been there yet. <laughs> you're, not, you're not invited, Chris. <laughs> you're, not, you're not coming over. <laughs> but we will be interviewing Connor a bit more in next uh, the next episode on Sunday. Uh, but for now, we turn our attention to the fax machine. We'll talk to Connor about his experiences mm. in Japan, places he recommends visiting, and some differences in the culture between the UK and Japan, what the countries do better than Fantastic. each other. Uh, but we turn our attention now to the fax machine. Uh, and we have got one from Scott, who says, Hey, guys, uh, you should do a movie review of Kodomo Keisatsu. It's a police force that is turned into children, and it looks hilarious. P.S. Love the podcast. Um, thank you, Scott. I haven't seen this, Scott. Do you know what Kodomo Kesatsu is? I have no clue what it is. Kodomo means child. Yeah, Kesatsu I know that. means police. And I looked it up earlier, and it's just a bunch of children holding shotguns. <laughs> and, that looks amazing. And I'm annoyed that I don't know. I'm annoyed that I haven't seen this before. Um, that, that looks fantastic. It's just loads of children holding sawn-off shotguns. This, how is this not world famous? I, I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, screw home alone. This is what we need. This is <laughs> this is what we need. We'll have to. Uh, we'll come back to you, Scott, with that one. I'll uh, have to watch Kodomo Kiyosatsu and uh, give another episode. D- deliver you the verdict uh, in a, an upcoming episode. We've got one here from John uh, from Brian. It says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. I wondered if you've ever had any solo travel travel uh, anxiety, and if so, how did you overcome it?" Um, after listening to the podcast for so long, I'm guessing that you both experience pretty low-level anxiety, just like many of your listeners. I would consider myself an extrovert and not particularly shy, and having a travel buddy to Japan would eliminate any anxiety I'd have due to safety in numbers, but going alone just seems, well, pretty scary. I was wondering if you've ever suffered this or have been aware of the of that kind of rising panic in you. Uh, as you're trying to navigate strange new public transport for the first time. Do you ever find travelling alone anxiety-inducing? And how anxious were you when you made the huge life choice to leave the UK for Japan, Chris? Uh, thank you for the answers. Keep up the splendid work. John from Brighton. Um, any thoughts on that, Connor? Oh, man. Have you, tra- have you travelled alone before to countries? Yeah, yeah, Far a few away? times. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I went to Germany alone. I really wow. like Germany because I just I, I really <laughs> this is so stupid I really fucking love German bread and, uh, <laughs> and one time I had uh, it was like before I was sick of Wales so I, I had uh, I had a few days off before I had to go back to university and I thought fuck it I'm going to go to Germany so I went to, to get some bread yeah I say so I went to Cologne and I, I, I just chilled out and just I, I watched a lot of movies and just ch- went to a bunch of cafes and ate as much bread as I could we have, we have quite a few listeners from Germany if you're a German listener listening in I uh, absolutely love your bread keep it up is your bread really as good as Connor makes, Connor makes it out to oh, me it's, it's, or is he mental you let know, us know people talk about like French bread and all that no Germans have figured it out they've literally had the best bread on earth They <laughs> and their pretzels are like you can't beat it it's the best 100% have you I mean 
<laughs> Sorry, I just love bread. We've gone off on a, on a rather strange tangent from solo travel to German but, bread. But I will say, Japan is, you know, if you come here with a friend who also can't speak Japanese, I feel like it doesn't make a difference because you're, you're, gonna, you're both going to be confused and lost. But I think this is one of the best places to do it. It's really safe. Like, you know, you, you can get by here and Tokyo has plenty of stuff that is yeah. allows you to you know, do whatever you want. If you do want to talk to people, you don't have to. Uh, and Japan, you know, if you rent a car and drive around, I'm sure you'll have an amazing experience no matter what. I think the thing most people face when it comes to anxiety in Japan, they feel that Japan is this very special, sacred place where you can offend everyone really easily. No. That is why the reaction videos reacting to my video of what not to do in Japan always do so well because I think people think, you know, Japan is a sacred, magical place and you're going to offend someone. But it's That's, actually very hard to offend someone. And the only yeah. thing I'll say, the only way you can really cause problems in Japan, I'd say two ways. Number one, being too loud of on course. public transport. And number two, putting your shoes on a tatami mat. <laughs> That's the only time I've seen someone lose their temper in Japan uh, at one of my friends uh, from the UK. Uh, other than that, it's really hard to offend people. And um, if, if you abide by British lifestyle, I think you'll be totally fine mm, in Japan. Mm. Just don't make noise. I think that is really the big one. Just don't be loud. And I think if you act like accordingly as you would any, any other country, I think you'll be fine. Like I, I think it's just common sense. And I, I really do think that in Japan, even if you do offend someone, more often than not, they, you know, they're, they're not aliens. They... they it's very. It's a very simple matter of just being like, hey, we don't. Yeah, yeah, we don't. We don't do that, and we don't expect you to know that. No one in Japan I've met where I've done something that isn't, you know, custom. They've never gotten annoyed ever. They've I always think, just been like, oh, you know, that's not how we do it. By the way, this is how we do it. What I say to someone like John is, you know, don't be worried. Think about what. Where is that anxiety coming from? What are you actually worried about happening? Yeah, yeah. When you start to question your anxiety, that's when it it falls apart. Because John yeah. said that. Uh, he's scared about riding on public transport for the first time what's the worst thing that could happen you'll miss your stop <laughs> yeah basically but people are great like people at train stations the staff at train stations will point you in the right direction oh yeah they're very they're really great to, at that very so willing to talk to you if that's something you're worried about don't worry about it public transport's one of the least things you have to worry about in Japan yeah and, and the way I see it as well is that you know if, if there's a Japanese guy who came over to the UK how would you think or how would you feel about him getting things wrong? You wouldn't give him. You wouldn't give him a Absolutely. You'd, you'd be like, oh, go on. You know, it's all right. I understand you're not from here. So that's the, way, the way I see it is that they probably have a similar mindset of you're not from here. You don't really understand the mm. rules. So don't, don't really worry about it. Like, and because Japan's incredibly safe, you know, it's very rare. It's incredibly rare that you're going to go off on the wrong path and something bad's going to happen. I mean, look at Alexander Storm's story. Yeah. It was a story that felt... I felt anxious reading it because I was like, something's going to go wrong. Here. <laughs> He's going to lose a kidney by the so, end of this. <laughs> He's going to lose fingers. <laughs> something was going to go wrong, yeah. and it didn't. And it's like Alexander's story it was interesting for the fact that it felt like something was going to happen, but it didn't. This is the only country on earth where I will just follow drunk men when they're like, yeah, come on, we'll have fun, we'll go to a bar. <laughs> and it's always been a good time. Like, I've always been safe. I know? can attest to that as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So don't worry. You'll be fine. You're in good hands. They're, they're a good lot here. <laughs> They're a good bunch. They're a good bunch, they are. We've got one last one from Lisa. It says, hello, Chris and Pete. I'm Lisa from Melbourne, Australia, uh, currently living in Yamagata. I'm writing in response to your most recent podcast regarding the survey of most popular jobs for elementary school students. The most popular job you said was pastry chef, uh, pastry chef or patissier. Uh, before moving to Japan, I worked as a chocolatier and uh, oh, wow. pastry chef in Melbourne uh, when I told my colleague or my students of my former job uh, it was always met with screams of Savoy incredible <laughs> or eh, mostly from the girls for some reason most girls seem to think working as a pastry chef 
is a very cute job. I still don't quite understand why this is. I, too, asked if there was an anime or a cartoon about pastry chefs, but alas, it just seems like a dream job for most students. Hope you're both keeping safe and well. Kind regards, Lisa. Uh, and that is in re- reference to a, a podcast we did two weeks ago. We read out uh, a, a survey where students sort of said their, the jobs they wanted to do. I think YouTube was ranked third or fourth, but oh. number one was pastry chef. Why really? Do, why do you think that is? And oh I mean, you're, you're somebody who travels to Germany just for a loaf of bread. I mean... So it kind of, it, you're the man to answer the question. <laughs> I, I, I like to let the experts do it. You know, I'm not really one to get stuck in with that. I honestly don't know. That's, that's really bizarre. Maybe it's just romantic, the idea of getting up early, baking some bread, cracking out some baguettes. I do think that if my partner baked you know any kind of amazing bread or made chocolates there's a 99% chance I'm going to marry them on the spot (laughs) (laughs) secrets to winning Connor revealed ladies and gentlemen there's just something about someone making desserts that is just really attractive I don't know why so maybe that's it it's everyone's just in love with the baker (laughs) (laughs) maybe in Japan you know how in the UK they're like oh that yeah she your your parents love the milkman because you don't look like the kid you know what I mean they'll be like oh he looks like the bakery man he looks like the patissier (laughs) he looks like the bakery man oh she must be cheating with him on the petitioner <laughs> everyone, everyone knows it. he's sought after a <laughs> shortcut to Connor's heart ladies and gentlemen bake him a baguette bake him a baguette he'll love it I, yeah of course right fantastic well keep the stories questions and comments <laughs> so coming sorry. into the Broad Japan podcast at gmail.com we'll be back on Sunday where Connor will reveal some key places to visit in Japan his experiences living in Japan and also his thoughts on the UK and Japan the good the bad the ugly but for now guys have a great week and we'll see you on Sunday to do it over again and for now enjoy yourselves have a good one bye This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.